Relying on someone who doesn't know you or your situation to give you specific financial advice is just plain dumb. That's why everything said on this show is just helpful information. If you want specifics, give us a call. All opinions expressed here are ours. GenWealth Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC. All month long on the Get Ready for the Future show, we've been taking you on a retirement road trip. But the road trip does not end when you reach retirement. It's only a mile marker. Today, seven action steps for a smarter retirement spelled out through an easy-to-remember acronym. That's next. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. Good morning. Happy Saturday. All across Arkansas, it is another edition of the Get Ready for the Future show. My name is Scott Inman. Glad to be with you once again. To my right, John Shrewsbury. To his right, Janet Walker. And to my left, Troy Johnson. Welcome in. The GenWell team has assembled for the next hour. And we're talking about reaching retirement today. We have been talking all month long about the retirement road trip, kind of like you took maybe a spring break vacation and you went from point A to point B. But point B is not the end. When you reach retirement, there are some action steps to take, or even if you haven't reached retirement, we might point out, on the way, if you're still on that journey, seven action steps to a smarter retirement today. And that easy acronym that I just mentioned is retired. So it'll be easy to remember, but if you can't remember it or you don't remember it, after the airing of today's show, we're going to give you an opportunity to get your copy of the seven action steps for a smarter retirement. Okay, so we like to talk about personal stories on this broadcast many times, and and I think I've talked about over the last three years since I've been here that I like to, well, I don't like to. I, I run <laughs> because I want to be fit, right? I mean, I, it's good exercise. It has helped me keep the weight off. Troy, you do it a little bit too. I mean, it's it, it it's not, I, do you like it? No. I don't enjoy it either. You, you run because you like to eat what you want to exactly. eat. I do. That's exactly the reason <laughs> I do it. And, and, I, and I, fe- I like the way I feel. I mean, I, I like after I'm through. Yeah. And, and, and I have not done it as much as I, I should be doing it by any means. But as I have just in the last three years... If you were to take the average per mile time that I had when I came here in 2016 and compared it to what I'm running now, and, and I'm actually thinner now than I was three years ago, it's it's slower. It's significantly slower. I'm having a hard time keeping up the pace that I once was able to run a mile in. And yeah. if you had that, now you're not nearly as old as I am, but I get that though. I yeah. Mean- Eight years ago, ten years ago, I could run all day long and never stop, and that's not the case anymore. It it starts to catch up to you a lot quicker now. Those birthdays just keep coming. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, Scott. Let me say we're neighbors. Yeah, and if you're ever if you're ever gazing out your window, yeah, and you see me run by your house. You better bust the door down running because something bad is happening. <laughs> there might be a snake involved if it he's could running. Be a snake. I don't know. It could be a tornado coming. I'm not sure. But if I'm running, you better run too, buddy. That, that, that's why everybody was fit thousands of years ago, right? That's because, right. Because you had, it was bad news every day. You had to be able to run around. Well, I, I mean, I ran about an eight and a half minute mile, and I'm, I'm struggling to break nine now. And it's not a, a, an issue of my lung capacity or breathing. It's just my body's not moving like it once once would. I'm trying to tell it to brain wise but it doesn't get any better i'm just telling you <laughs> yeah it's not going to but you know the the comparison here as we jump in thinking about where we've been all month long with the retirement road trip and taking you through your journey some things to do on your way to retirement as you get closer that pace may change for you you know the first mile is still the hardest I think for me, even though all these years of running that first mile is still the most difficult and, and when you think about saving for retirement those first action steps, getting going, getting into a routine, the discipline, that is probably the hardest thing to do. And then once it hits cruise control, and, and we've talked about it before, John, you're accumulating, those years can can seem pretty easy. You get your savings yeah. rate right, you're headed towards your goal, but then what about pace when you reach retirement? Well, pace has to change when you reach retirement because the game changes when you reach retirement. But during that accumulation phase, you get uh, the compounding effect of your investments going and you get additional contributions, let's say, to your 401k plan or your IRA. 
And it's almost like, Janet, you could do no wrong because right. it looks like that account just keeps going up and up and up. Even if the market is volatile, your additions to that account push that account balance higher. And you feel like you've, you there is no end to this. And you can just keep right on chugging. And oftentimes people make that mistake when they get to retirement. They think that they can continue to have, you know, the the, the hammer down, the pedal to the metal, whatever acronym you want to put on it. Not, not acronym, but whatever yeah. uh, euphemism you want to put on it. You can absolutely uh, crater yourself in retirement if you don't change pace. Well, and I would say change pace even before you make it to retirement. You know, we're, we're kind of drawing a line in the sand at the point of retirement yeah. just in the purpose of this, this conversation. But really, before you reach that point, you've got to begin to change pace. Because if you think about right now, if you were to tell us, hey, I, I'm going to retire five years from now. Well, look at where we are in the markets. What is the probability that that we're going to come to an end of the bull market and, and turn to a bear market in the next five years. It's pretty dead gum high. You know, I don't know the exact numbers on it, but it, it's very likely that that's going to happen. So you don't need to be, you know, full throttle going into retirement over the next five years. You've got to be prepared to slow some of that down so you don't take quite as much of a hit. And I will say that having been an advisor during the go-go years of, of the 90s and, and even into the 2000s, before 2007, 2008, uh, this was a hard conversation to have with someone. Yeah. It's a much more reasonable conversation today. I think people are more sober-minded today about their prospects for retirement and, and the need for caution because, for whatever reason, they are still feeling the sting of 2007, 2008. Yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say that the reason the conversation is easier is we can still now, you know, 11 years later, have the conversation in the meeting rooms of, do you remember what happened to your 401k back in 2008? And there's an immediate, oh, yes. You know, it it takes them back there pretty quickly. They remember what that felt like, what the numbers looked like. And so they're a little bit more prepared for reality. That is an antidote to recency bias, isn't it? When you throw 2008 out there, people do remember that. But that's kind of what we're talking about, right, John? I mean, you, you talk about no two runners are alike. Everybody's going to run at different paces. No two retirees or, or uh, investors are alike, too, because the reverse is true, too. Some people want to have that pedal to the metal because they think they need to continue to have lots of growth and want to make money in retirement. And some people come into our office very conservative, wanting to pull back entirely and not be at risk at all. Yeah, and you can't do that either. There's got to be a balance there because you've got forces working against you other than market forces. You've got inflation. You've got longevity. You've got uh, interest rates. You've got all of these other things that are risk in retirement that you really don't recognize. Everybody recognizes market risk. Everybody's probably endured market risk over the, over the past few years. But what they don't really risk, uh, don't really recognize is the risk that they are going to be able to, you know, know, buy less things with the money that they have if they don't have some growth in their portfolio. Yeah, I mean, inflation is very real. We all remember when when gas was below a dollar a gallon, and we hadn't seen that in a long time. You right. know, And so pick whatever other item you want to talk about. Prices have gone up. They will continue to do so. So are you prepared for that in how you're investing your retirement dollars? And, and don't be fooled by the government reading on inflation. They read a basket full of goods and services, but that might not be your basket full of goods and services. Your inflation rate might actually be higher than what the yeah. uh, announced government inflation rate of 2% or 2 and a quarter percent or whatever. You may be at 3 or 3.5. You really don't know because it's really peculiar to your spending habits and, and your taste and things of that nature. So you've got to be cautious about inflation and have that balance between risk and return. They don't put food and, and energy in there, right? Fuel. Uh, yeah, uh, food and, and fuel. The, thing, yeah. the two most uh, usable things <laughs> that we have. I'm going to eat and I'm going to heat and cool my house and yeah. I'm going to put gas in my car. And they're <laughs> yeah. volatile. That's yes. why they take yeah. them right. out. But but you're not, uh, uh, you're not immune to that volatility. So seven action steps for a smarter retirement. The acronym we're going to be using today is RETIRED. So each of our seven action steps will begin with a letter in that acronym. We're going to talk next after the break about retain income. That's number one as we dive in on the other side of the break. Just getting started on the Get Ready for the Future show. Stay with us. 
Stick around. More straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money right after this. Life can be so busy, it's hard to even picture retirement. That's why you need somebody you can trust who will paint that picture and help turn dreams into reality. Plan, personalize, and protect your future with the team at GenWealth. Call 877-341-7355 to schedule an appointment. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From GenWealth Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. Welcome into the fastest four minutes in investing. Scott Inman has taken uh, a, the tail end of uh, spring break off, and so he can't be with us today. But Troy Johnson from our advisor staff is here. We're going to talk a little bit about small caps and large caps, and we're not talking about baseball caps, are we? No, no, we're talking about size of companies. Yes, and the the capitalization of a company or the size of the company really does make a big difference. Of course, small companies oftentimes are more nimble, and they can move and change economically a lot of uh, in. in in a lot of cases, but what you also find is that large caps have the advantage many times in changing economic conditions. Yeah, and John, so far this year in 2019, small caps have outperformed large caps up until this point, but we're going to look at a few different reasons why we think that that might start to turn around. Well, let's talk first about this aging economic cycle because we have seen small caps outperform large caps so far this year, but currently we believe that small caps may be fading throughout the rest of 2019. Yeah, later in the economic cycle, large caps tend to outperform the small caps. And we don't think that there's a recession, you know, right around the corner. But we do recognize that we've been in a bull market for a pretty good while now. And eventually that does have to turn around. And so obviously, small caps are are uh, going to have a, a bigger challenge when uh, economic turmoil begins to happen. Let's also talk about the tightening economic conditions. Yeah, so it's already more expensive for small smaller companies to borrow money than it is larger companies. And and actually, small cap companies rely on borrowed money more than large caps do in the first place. We've had about three years of slowly rising interest rates. So all of that compounded, it makes it it makes it harder on them to go out and get financing the way that they need to. Obviously, financing for small cap companies is the lifeblood of those companies. And if that uh, economic condition tightens, that means that the small cap companies are going to be having a harder time growing. Now, let's talk about trade policy for a second. Everybody's been talking about China and trade and Trump and all of that. How does this affect this picture? So really, if, if there is a trade deal reached between the U.S. and China, it, it doesn't necessarily hurt small cap companies. It just benefits larger cap companies more because they have a bigger global footprint. And so looking at uh, the the trade situation and also the dollar, the dollar is, uh, we believe, is going to weaken over the medium to long term. And again, small cap companies could have a struggle with that. Oftentimes, small cap companies excel when the dollar is strong. Larger cap companies deal with that in a different way. But small cap companies could struggle if the dollar weakens over the next, uh, let's say, six to 12 months or so. And Troy, one other thing that I think we ought to take a look at is the fading impact of tax reform. Yeah, you know, the the tax cuts, they were very beneficial to companies um, last year, the end of last year. That's kind of already built into the economic system now. So we're not seeing as robust robust of growth just because of the tax reform at this point. And tax reform is one of those things that does have a big impact on small companies. And as that fades, then that incentive uh, gets kind of baked into the economic conditions of those small cap companies. And they struggle again to try to uh, deal with that much more than a large cap company does. So what does all this mean? This means that here at GenWealth and through our uh, partners at LPL Research, we are favoring large cap companies over small cap companies in the asset allocations that we make for your portfolios. It's just another way that we kind of keep up with what's going on through our partners at LPL Research and the benefit that they give us in the insight that they have economically and with the markets. That is going to do it for the fastest four minutes in investment. Scott Inman will be back with us next week. Until then, the Get Ready for the Future show continues in just a moment. 
The road to financial independence isn't easy, but it starts here. Back with more financial wisdom from the Gen Wealth team after the break. You're listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. We've got Gen Wealth Academy workshops happening in your area. To find out more, visit our website at www.getreadyforthefuture.com slash events. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. We've been talking about our upcoming Gen Wealth Academy workshops very often in the last couple of weeks. The time has come. If you haven't signed up, you're running out of time. The next Gen Wealth Academy Workshop is next week, March 28th at 6.30 at the Embassy Suites in Hot Springs, and the topic is Social Security. There's actually two opportunities for you to attend a workshop on Social Security. We mentioned the one in Hot Springs. If you can't make that or it's too far away for you, make plans to attend April 4th at 6.30 at Saddle Creek Wood Fired Grill in North Little Rock. Also about Social Security, Stephanie Smith, who is a member of the GenWealth team, will be there. She spent many, many years working for the Social Security Administration, and she is our Social Security consultant on uh, client cases here now, and she will be able to give you some great information. But as you mentioned last week, John, it is information-driven, education-driven, as that is one of our three uniques here at GenWealth, but it is also going to be very q and a uh, it's going to be set up for Q&A. We want you to bring your questions to those workshops. Absolutely, because Social Security is the one topic that almost everybody who is approaching retirement has questions about. I, I, I've never seen as many questions in a workshop as we get in a Social Security workshop. And so we're going to present some basic facts about Social Security, and then we're going to want to know what you want to know. And then we'll take it from there. I mean, the reality is Social Security is more personalized than really anything else that we talk about in a workshop. You know, any other topic, somebody else might raise their hand and ask a question, and you were thinking the exact same question. But with Social Security, because of how the uh, the claiming strategies interplay with, you know, what what uh, how long have you been married? Were you ever divorced? All of these different things. It is just your unique life story. And so we, we hear a lot of individualized questions, and we really enjoy having those conversations. So here's how to sign up. Go to Get Ready for the Future dot com forward slash events get ready for the future dot com forward slash events you can sign up again it's free to attend i know lots of times these uh these workshops uh, are uh, provided at a cost to you we never charge for a gen wealth academy workshop education is the focus we want you to learn something about social security on march 28th in hot springs and april 4th in North Little Rock. You can also call our office if you don't want to go online and register 501-653-7355. Talking about seven action steps to a smarter retirement today using the acronym RETIRED. So the R in our acronym stands for RETAIN INCOME. So we just were talking about Social Security. That's a great bridge into our first topic of discussion. We mentioned earlier, retirement is not the finish line. It is only a mile marker. And John, we talk about this a lot too. We have a lot of folks come in in the mindset that it's all about that lump sum. And, and I think that's driven by the marketing that is out there, the online illustrations or software that create these numbers that, hey, how much do you need to retire. And we've said for a long time now, that's the wrong question to be asking. Yeah. The the question that you've got to be asking is what's your income? What does your income need to be looking like? And how are you going to produce that income? Because you don't go spend a lump sum in retirement. You spend it a little bit at a time and you need that lump sum to stretch across your entire lifetime and probably that of your spouse. So we've seen people come in with under $100,000 who were just fine in retirement because they had a couple of Social Security checks and a couple of pensions, and so their income needs were covered. But we've also seen people literally with over a million dollars who were cutting it kind of close in terms of their income needs. And so, uh, again, it is really not about how much uh, you have available in a lump sum. It's all about your cash flow. 
So how do you start the process of figuring that out? And it starts with meeting, Troy, a required income number. Yeah, that's where we always start with our planning, because what we mean by required income is what money, what amount of income do you have to have every single month just to pay the bills and to live a comfortable level of lifestyle? Mm -hmm. That's the most important thing in retirement, because that's how you get your dignity and independence throughout your retirement. So when you look at those sources and we're talking about, like Janet said, Social Security, pensions, anything that you know is going to be coming in the mail basically every month. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure that that amount matches up with your required expenses that Mm -hmm. you're going to have. And if you've got a gap there, then we have to find a way to take some of the assets that you've saved and turn that into regular predictable income. And Scott, one of the things that I I have to counsel people on about this is a lot of people uh, through the course of their life may pick up rent rent houses, rental property, and things of that nature. And they say, well, this is a, a good, steady source of income. Farm income. Farm income, mm-hmm. rental income, things of that nature. And they are until you get to a point where, A, you need to sell those because you can no longer maintain them. If you're trying to maintain them yourself, you have to be cognizant of the fact that you're going to get to an age where either you don't want to fool with it or you're not able to fool with it. And then what do you do? And so while that is a good predictable source of income during a period of time in your retirement, it's not something that you want to hang your hat on for the rest of your life. Well, and one of the things that happens with farmland and with rental property that doesn't happen with your investments is you're rolling along and then out of the blue, you've got to replace an air conditioning unit. Mm-hmm. Or where I grew up in farmland, we got to replace that that pump. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's a big expense. you got to deal with a well, whatever. It's a big deal out of the blue. And you're you're going to have to pull that from your lump sum of money that you have in order to keep that cash flow coming. So not that we have a problem with that, but you need to understand that it's a little bit different concept. And we have some people who maintain rental property for a long time in retirement and others walk away from it pretty early. Let's uh, let's do a little test here. Everybody that's listening out there that has had rental property, if you've had a renter trash your rental property before they leave, raise your hand. My hand's up. There you go. <laughs> what, what about if you've been a renter who may have trashed? <laughs> That was something, a long time ago. It was a long far time away, ago, right? but yeah. Something you need to tell us, Scott? <laughs> tell I was us, in college. Tell Come us on, about man. your college days, Scott. <laughs> I mean, I didn't intentionally trash anything, but I was not the best renter. Let's put it that, that way. That ah, was the way with the yes. ones we had, too. It wasn't yes. intentional. It was yes. just, you know, Sloppy. things happen. Yes. <laughs> That's what it was. Yes. Well, uh, but but the, the point is, is that, that that can interrupt your income. Yeah. You can really have a problem when that happens. Or let's say that a renter moves out, and now you've got to go in and clean the place up. It's going to take a couple of months to get all that stuff moved out and everything and and cleaned up and repaired and acceptable to somebody to come in. And then you got to find the right renter because you know that there are folks out there that you don't want in your house. So those are all the, the warts, if you will, on rental property being part of that regular, predictable, dependable income in your retirement. Well, and what if those rental homes are not paid for? That's yes. our second yes. our second letter in our acronym, RETIRED, in the seven action steps to a smarter retirement is eliminate debt. Make sure that you're working with a financial advisor who is focused on helping you eliminate or at least greatly reduce your debt before you stop working. Because when you look at the way we're planning here, and and we already talked about establishing a required income number, the lower that is because of debt being gone from the equation, the better off you're going to be in retirement. I mean, guys, how many times have we been putting together a plan and when we're talking with the, the couple and going through everything, they tell us about their house payment and let's say it's it's $1,500 a month and we're kind of doing the math in our heads about how much they're going to need. And then they get around to, yeah, but we only owe $15,000 more on it right now and it'll be paid off before we retire. And whether, whether you on the investor side see it or not internally in their in the advisor there is this sigh of relief Uh of okay we don't have to worry about the house payment we're still going to have taxes and insurance but the house payment is done Mm -hmm. and so they don't need that cash flow because they've eliminated or they will have eliminated that portion of debt it is a huge difference maker so let's pump the brakes here and, and and have our weekly admonition against taking money out of your retirement plan in a lump sum to try to pay off that house before you get to retirement. That is a bad, bad thing to do. 
don't do it. It, right. it is going to crater you from a tax standpoint. Yeah, you want to you want to get that done through whatever process you can you can work through in your pre-retirement years. But Troy, when you when you think about pulling that lump sum out of a, an employer sponsored retirement plan. People, if they're over 59 and a half, think they're maybe in the clear, but right. but there are some tax ramifications they've got to consider. Yeah. John touched on the taxes. So let's say you owe $100,000 on the house and you decide you're just going to pay it all off in one lump sum. Well, you're, that's going to, it's going to look like you made an extra $100,000 that year when you pull that out of your employer plan. Right. Not only that, though, I think the bigger deal is that $100,000 has lost its ability to provide you any income for the rest mm-hmm. of your life. Yeah. And I think that's, that's also, probably a bigger issue than than the tax side of it. Yeah. So yeah. when when you have your higher income earning years while you're still working, that's the best time to start really rolling hard at that mor- at that mortgage. Yeah, and there are methods that you can uh, utilize to to pay off a mortgage more quickly than yeah. than just the monthly payment. You can accelerate the payment, you can pay off some other debts and and then snowball it if you will, throw the money that you were paying on those other debts onto your mortgage. And nothing says that you have to have that mortgage paid day 1 when you walk out and and retire. Build your plan yeah. to pay off that mortgage. We have on many, many occasions built a plan for three or four years mm-hmm. that had more income coming in uh, during those three or four years to pay off that mortgage. And then the income reduces by that mortgage amount because it's no longer there. Yeah, it's absolutely feasible to, to make that happen. What you've got to think about is the sooner you get in to meet with an advisor and have those conversations, mm-hmm. the sooner, frankly, your house is going to get paid off. And the sooner you can get to a point of having some level of peace of mind about this this is how my retirement is going to work. Am I on track? Am I not on track? Well, let me mention this too, as a parent of a high school senior who will graduate in two months from now, I'm starting to look at there no longer being six people in my house, but five people yes. in my house. And my thoughts have started to revolve a little bit more around, I don't need this big house when I retire. Yeah, and yeah. my wife and I are going to be just the two of us. Downsizing is a possibility here as well if the mortgage is not going to be paid off at retirement. Yeah. And a lot of people think about doing that. Although there are a lot of people that say, I'm going to build my retirement house and I'm going to build this ginormous house and because I'm going to have 15 grandkids coming over yeah. and all of that type of thing. Twice a year. And yes. And, <laughs> yeah. and so my admonition to those folks is start planning way early for that. Yeah. Don't try to do that on your retirement account. The thing that is going to be the engine that kicks out a paycheck to you in retirement, you don't want to cripple that engine. You want to have it running full tilt. And, and by taking money out to build some dream house, that's just not the right answer. Well, and and I'm going to love my grandkids, but I'm thinking more along the lines of if I don't have as many bedrooms, my kids are never going to be able to live with me. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's where I am. This is some forward thinking. It, it's a season of life. I realize this that. This is some forward thinking. Congratulations, Scott. <laughs> Seven action steps for a smarter retirement. The subject of today's Get Ready for the Future show. We've gone through a couple. Retain income and eliminate debt. On the other side of the break, we get into taming taxes. Your retirement should be more, more than just investments, more about you, and more Get Ready for the Future show. Stay tuned for more. Tired of the commercials? We are too. Now back to the Get Ready for the Future show. At a point during listening to the Get Ready for the Future show, you think to yourself, boy, I'd like to learn a little bit more about what they were talking about. There's always an opportunity for you to meet with a GenWealth financial advisor, and that first appointment is always free at GenWealth. 501-653-7355 is the number to call in Bryant. That's our main office line in Bryant, but we have offices in West Little Rock, Hot Springs, El Dorado, we mentioned Bryant, and also the shreveport Bossier area in Louisiana. So if you're hearing my voice today, there's a good chance that there is a GenWell Financial Advisor near you, and you can find it by calling 501-653-7355. Find that office and come in and just have a conversation. Again, that first appointment is always complimentary, and I know there's some things that you think about spurring your thought after you hear some things on this show. It would be a good opportunity to find out a little bit more. And if you are joining us just now, in today's show, we're talking about seven action steps to a smarter retirement. And we've already gone through a couple, so we're up to number three, and we realize that maybe you didn't join at the beginning. Well, there's a couple of ways to find out what all seven are. You can go back and follow us on iTunes or Stitcher and get our podcast and listen anytime to the Get Ready for the Future show. And we certainly encourage you to do that. 
But we're also offering an opportunity for you to get a copy of the seven action steps for a smarter retirement. All you have to do is email us. Info at GetReadyForTheFuture.com for your free copy of the seven action steps for a smarter retirement. Number one was retain income. Number two, eliminate debt. We're up to number three in this segment, and it is tame taxes. You've worked hard for all of this money that you've been able to save up over your work life, and as you enter that mile marker of retirement and move into that phase of your life, and we plan based around what is your income and what is your income need and desire over the course of possibly a couple of decades, guys, it becomes really evident right away that we're going to have to consider taxes because we need to know where your money is coming from that you have saved. And certainly there are many different forms that that takes. Scott, when someone comes in and they they are able to work through a budget worksheet that we give them and they say, okay, I'm going to need $5,000 a month for my retirement. Well, that number immediately in our head goes up because they're thinking about $5,000 of spendable money. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we know that unless you have a big fat Roth IRA out there, that you're probably going to have pre-tax money, which means that all of your distributions from your retirement and your social security is going to be taxable to some degree. And so you've got to up that money, that the amount of money that you take out of your retirement plan in order to net that $5,000 a month that someone might tell us that they need for retirement. So John, you mentioned Roth IRA. Let me talk about this a little bit, a bit because I had somebody who actually called me uh, a few weeks ago and you know they were doing their taxes and their CPA was encouraging them to do a prior year contribution uh, to a traditional IRA to get the tax break. But they're still a pretty good ways out from retirement. And so we began to talk about doing a Roth IRA rather than a traditional. And and the immediate response was, well, but I I don't get a tax break on that right now, and, and we need a tax break. Let's do the math. And, and this person was not 30 years old, but this is just a super simple example. If we're talking about a 30-year-old who's going to contribute, let's say, $5,000 to a traditional or a Roth IRA, even if you only get 8% in that, by the time you get to age 66, that $5,000 at an 8% rate of return from age 30 has turned into $80,000. So you're talking about $75,000 in growth. So my question is, do you really, 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 really want to get a tax break now on $5,000, be able to deduct that, and then when you get to retirement, all of that 80000 is taxable? That's the traditional route. Or could you potentially cash flow the taxes on this and do a Roth IRA contribution, not get the deduction? Because guess what? If you didn't do the contribution, you already weren't getting the deduction. Okay, so put the $5,000 into the Roth, and then at age 66, you've got $80,000 tax-free, which means $75,000 of growth was never and will never be taxed. Hello? So if you assume that the taxes on that $5,000 deductible IRA, the tax savings might have been $750, the difference is you would have a $750 tax break today versus $75,000 in free tax, uh, tax yeah. free money at retirement. I'll take that deal all day, every day, sign me up. And the other thing that we want people to look at, Troy, is we're just talking about outside of the 401k, but let's talk about options inside the 401k to help address this. Yeah, a lot of especially larger companies now have a Roth option inside of your 401k. I talk to people a lot about this, and there's a lot of people that have that option but don't know that they have it. Yeah. So I would encourage you to ask your HR person, do we have um, access to a Roth portion of our 401k? Let me go back to your analogy that you made or that your example that yeah. you gave. Uh, the 8% thing that is a hypothetical rate of return right. doesn't represent any kind of particular investment, uh, but it's really just for uh, example purposes to show the effect of compounding and really kind of the, the uh, lunacy of taking a $750 tax break today and foregoing right. $75,000 of tax-free income in the, in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. And the other part of this too is it's not not necessarily directly tied to the tax situation, but there are other things to consider when you figure out in retirement where, what accounts am I going to be 
taking my income from and when, because if it is in a traditional IRA or if it was still in 401k, you've got to consider the RMD component to this because in Roth dollars or non-qualified dollars, you don't have to take money out at 70 and a half. RMD stands for required minimum distributions. And when that, when you consider, John, that that starts at about 3.6%, yes, 70 and a half, and then starts to go up. That's a major part of the planning. That's going to have to be coming out of your pre-tax accounts. Absolutely. And the other thing that you have to think about in terms of where you're going to put money today, and this is a long look into the future, but if you've got a big bundle of Roth IRA money, that potentially has the effect of reducing the taxation on your Social Security because Roth income in retirement is the only income only hear me yeah. hear me when i say not even municipal bond interest is excluded from the calculation of whether your social security is taxable or not and it's a complex calculation but it is something that you want to pay attention to and that's why i said on the show last week that if there was a government mandate and i'm not a, i'm not for government mandates anybody no. listens to the show <laughs> understands that but if there were a government mandate that everybody had to have a roth ira i'd pretty much be in favor of that because the Roth IRA is the most flexible uh, tool that you've got for retirement. Underused, too, I would say. Yes. Absolutely. I, most underused out of the accounts that we've seen. Very few people have a, a large amount of money built up in a Roth over time. So when you think about those taxes, we can obviously, as a part of our planning, we have some software that kind of estimates your tax burden because obviously you want to know what that net number is going to be when you figure out retaining income as the first uh, letter in our acronym retired among the seven action steps for a smarter retirement today we're trying to figure out that income number eliminate debt figure out the tax burden number four on our list is invest wisely now we talked a little bit at the top of the show about how the investment strategy can change as you move from accumulation years into distribution years or in plain english you retire uh, or you're getting close to retiring it certainly uh, bears repeating though and as we dive in on how that investment strategy should change John, we use a buckets of money approach in the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process. And and basically this this is drawn out in the sense that the dollars that you want to take out on day one of retirement, we are we are building a retirement income plan with the goal of consistent income. Well, if that is exposed to the volatilities of the stock market, that first bucket, the, let's say the money you're going to use for the first five years, it is going to be hard to build a plan with consistent income when you may be selling shares of investable assets. Absolutely. And so you want to have that first tranche of income to be very, very conservative. You don't want any real significant risk in that first tranche of income, but you've got to have some risk in those later years. So yes. you can offset inflation. You can grow your money. You can increase your income as time goes on. And we've done a lot of research, Scott, on the uh, buckets of money approach, as it's called, or the bucketing approach. And that is in combination with a flooring mechanism mechanism that we use to build that retirement income plan in the income for life model, which is part of the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process. We would be more than happy to sit down and explain all this to you and apply your numbers to it, because if you apply your numbers to it, it suddenly becomes real to you and you see that, hey, I can get through retirement without really running out of money before I run out of time. Yeah, and Troy, it should it's worth pointing out too, as we talk about this buckets of money, this is for the second component of your income. We, we talked about the required income come in the last uh, segment about how that's the guaranteed money that needs to be predictable to pay expenses in retirement. This is what we call the desired income. Right. You don't want to just pay your bills and eat in retirement. You want to do some some fun things as well. So we use this bucket of money approach to provide you with additional monthly income to let you do the things in retirement that you want to do, like vacations and hanging out with the grandkids or however it is that you want to spend your retirement. And the other part of this, guys, is is when John mentioned you have to be leaving equities in retirement is for those longer term buckets, those longer uh, investments that are exposed to the stock market. You have to believe in equities because over time, if you look historically speaking, the only two asset classes that have outpaced inflation are growth stocks and real estate. So 
you've got to consider inflation in this as a major risk that you've got to beat. Yeah, I, I talk to people all the time about the fact that if you, let's say you're spending $5,000 a month in retirement today, 10 years from yeah. now, you will have to spend $7,500 a month just to buy the same stuff that you could buy 10 years prior with the $5,000. That is the effect of about a 2.5% inflation rate compounded over time. If you don't think that that's real, just look back 10 years ago and think about how much things cost then and how much things cost now. And you will starkly see that you've got to have some methodology of increasing your income over time. In the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process, we build inflation adjustments into your income. We have the anticipation of increasing that income over time throughout your retirement. So as things change and maybe you don't spend as much money on travel and vacation and things of that nature, but now maybe you're spending more money on healthcare and heaven knows the inflation rate on healthcare is way more yes. than two or 3%. So you've got to be prepared for that. If you're going to have a healthy retirement, that's why we recommend people go through the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process so they construct an income income plan that has them increasing their income over time. Last time I looked, healthcare costs were going up over 6% per year, so well above that inflation average. If you'd like to find out more about taking steps to go go through the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process, call us at 501-653-7355. 501-653-7355 to learn more about the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process. We walk back through more action steps for a smarter retirement next. Have a financial question? Want answers? Email info at getreadyforthefuture.com with your name, your location, and your question. And we'll answer your question on the air. If you aren't following us on social media, you're missing out. Check out behind-the-scenes photos, money tips, and informational videos. Just search for Gen Wealth on Facebook or follow us at Gen Wealth FA on Twitter. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Now, the reminder about our upcoming Gen Wealth Academy workshops. It's your last chance to sign up for the one next week. Social Security is the topic. March 28th is the date. 6.30 the time. Embassy Suites in Hot Springs. And if you can't make that or Hot Springs is not where you live or anywhere close to where you live, then check out the one on April 4th at 630. We're also doing a social security workshop at Saddle Creek Wood-Fired Grill in North Little Rock. The way to sign up is to go to getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash events. Free to register, no cost to the workshop. Dinner will be provided and education is the focus. We want you to bring your questions some great information about Social Security to be learned on March 28th in Hot Springs and April 4th in North Little Rock. Our final segment of this week's show, and we're talking about seven action steps to a smarter retirement. We've worked our way through the acronym RETIRED in this show. R is retain income. It's all about income in retirement, and that's how we plan for our clients. E stands for eliminate debt. T is tame taxes. And in the last segment, we finished up with I, invest wisely. What should your investment strategy be in retirement when you move from accumulation to distribution? So we are up to the second R in our acronym RETIRED, and it's reduce risk. And we're not talking about market risk. We're not talking about investments. We're talking about unexpected events that happen in life and the risk that they pose to your income plan. Because again, if you go back to what we said a couple of segments ago, asking how much money do I need to retire, we believe is the wrong question. It's what's your income? We need to solve for income. And when we are solving for a monthly income that is predictable, that is consistent to last you through possibly a couple of decades or more of retirement, what happens to that income, guys, if someone has a health event that requires more monthly income, significantly more monthly income. Scott, I can tell you that a good percentage, maybe close to 50% of the people who retire in this country, retire on a timetable other than what they had anticipated. And a lot of it really surrounds around the uh, premature loss of a job, uh, a health scare, maybe their own or a family member, uh, a debilitating illness for, for them where they can't work. 
maybe you know some other occurrence yeah. a, a parent or whatever there there could be a dozen reasons why retirement gets interrupted well it, just from my own personal family uh, story uh, my husband is a stay-at-home dad not because uh, that was our original plan but for health reasons now we don't even call it retirement for him because it was so early uh, but the other thing that happened recently is with his mom's end of life care for the, the last few months he was needed so much uh, to come along beside her and, you know, take her to doctor's appointments or be there at the hospital, all of those things that had to be done. And we just talked about what a blessing it was that he was not needing for our family to still be in the workforce because he literally would have had to quit his job to do those things. And you just don't have another option. You've got to take care of mama or you've got to take care of spouse, whatever it is. You're, you're going to do what that person needs. But think about if you're not ready for that and you've just really got to realize that your timeline, you know, how many things have you said over the years? Oh, we'll do this when we're 40 or we'll do this when we're 50 or whatever. And then it wound up being later or, you know, it wasn't on the timeline that you anticipated. Many times your retirement is not going to be in the timeline that you anticipated. And guys, that can sound scary. And planning is not an antidote for all, you know, contingencies. There are a lot of things that can happen that planning just can't overcome. But I can tell you that if you understand that you have elderly parents or you understand that you have uh, the beginnings of a potential health issue or something of that nature, you can sit down with an advisor and begin to to build some defenses and to have some preparation made that if this becomes a problem, then you've got an action plan where people really trip up is when they don't have an action plan. They just say, well, I'll get to it when it happens and whatever happens is going to happen and it'll all work out. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Planning can be the difference. We talk about four ways to deal with risk. You can accept it. You can avoid it. You can manage it or you can transfer it. And in this case, when you talk about, Troy, health issues that could arise, transferring risk to an insurance company could be a good route to go. Yeah, especially if you think about long-term care risks, that's really one of the one of the biggest risks to anybody's retirement income nowadays. Yep. And, and one way that you can help deal with that is to transfer that risk to an insurance company by looking at a long-term care insurance policy or to, to deal with that. Yeah, and long-term care insurance has certainly gone through a transformation in recent years. It, it doesn't necessarily look like maybe what your concept of it could be, and we could talk about that in the office as well and, and, and look at that for you. 501-653-7355 is the number to uh, connect with a Gen Wealth advisor. As we walk through the seven action steps for a smarter retirement, we have a couple left on our list, and we need to get rolling through it. So we'll go up to E. The second E in our acronym retired is establish a legacy. So this is something that means different things to different people too, but it is included in our retirement income plan. When you think about walking through, we use the house analogy that foundation of your home is your required income. That's the thing that has to be set properly or everything else falls apart in your retirement income house. So getting that right is the first step. We've walked through how we build the desired income in that home. That's where the memories are made, where the, where the rooms of the home are. That's where you want to live your retirement. And then in the attic space of the house, well, when we ask the question to our clients, what's in your attic? Most of the time we get the answer all together now. Junk. Junk. And that is what is in most people's attic space, but it's junk nobody wants to get rid of for whatever reason because they think somebody might want it someday. Well, your legacy is not junk. It's what you're going to pass on to the next generation. And and that means different things to different people. You know, Troy and I had an interesting experience recently in an appointment. This lady had this perfect phrase, and I, I don't have it in front of me, but we can get close. She basically said when we were talking about this legacy, she said, I'm not, I didn't build up all of this to leave a legacy. I built it up to live and love life. Mm. Yep. And, and mm. so basically if it's left over, okay, fine. Mm -hmm. But if it's not, if I use it, then great. But different people feel different ways about this. Some people are very intentional about wanting to leave a legacy. So there's not a right or wrong, but the conversation we've got to have with you is number one, do you intentionally want to leave a legacy? Number two, even if you don't, guess what? We don't know when your final day is. Right. So there better be some money left 
left there for you to have on your final day. If you know the timing and, you know, you want that last check to bounce, if you can tell us when that's going to be, we can help you out with that. But otherwise, there's still got to be money there to meet your expenses as long as you're still breathing. And so we we normally will have it set up so that there is something left at the end of your plan because we don't know when the end of your life is. It's a reset bucket or the contingency bucket uh, if right. you live longer. And uh, on the reverse of that, when you figure out uh, what your legacy should be, I've shared this before, but I, I love to share the story of the uh, single client that I had come in who was 66 years old. She's now approaching 67. She's entering retirement doesn't have any kids, doesn't have a spouse, doesn't have anybody that she wants to leave a legacy to, but it was very important for her to leave money to a college and establish a scholarship fund in her name. And I thought that was a really cool thing to do to be able to build that attic space not for the next generation. Well, it is for the next generation, but it's not her direct yeah. relatives that she was building it for. Her attic space was going to go to uh, provide scholarships to allow kids to go to school after she's gone. So a lot of different ways to go through that E in our acronym, establish a legacy, but it's certainly a conversation that we have when we build a retirement income plan. All right, we've just got a couple of minutes left, so our final letter in the retired acronym is DREAM. Now, that one's a little bit more philosophical or a little bit uh, less tangible, but it is very important. You can dream before retirement. You can dream in your 20s about retirement, but you can still, even if you're five, 10 years away from retirement, spend a lot of time dreaming about what your retirement should look like, what you want to do. And, and I think maybe sometimes this is the one that is hardest for people to grasp. I'll just go back to scripture on this, that where there is no vision, people perish. Yeah. You have to have some vision of how you're going to spend your time in retirement and consequently how you're going to spend your money in retirement. What is your purpose? I think about the phrase that hope is not a strategy. Yeah. You've got to have a plan. That plan needs to be written. It needs to be actionable. You need to be working with someone that can guide you through this, who's been down this road before and helped other people to do this. Because really, you've got to think about what are you going to do with your time? Where are you going to go? Who are you going to spend your time with? What is your passion? What is your purpose in life after you're no longer working? Those are all issues that you've got to think about. And those are philosophical issues. But all of those issues have to be funded in some way, shape, form, or fashion. If you don't have any money, you don't have a whole lot of options. If you've got money, you've got a lot of options because that's what money really does. Money provides you options of what to do in retirement, where to go, how to spend your life. And so at GenWealth, we are focused on helping you to make those dreams take shape. And by going through the ready to retire process, it is a preparatory process to get you ready to retire. Now, on whatever terms you want to retire on within the means that you've got, we're going to work through that plan and help you to hopefully make those dreams a reality. Ultimately, you are the CEO of your retirement. At GenWealth, we like to be the CFO of your retirement. We want to deal with the financial side of that, but you are the chief operating officer of your retirement. It is up to you to build that dream and then build a plan to help you reach your goals. You can learn more about the GenWealth Ready to Retire process and set up an appointment with an advisor by calling 501-653-7355 or email us at info at getreadyforthefuture.com. And if you missed any of the seven action steps for a smarter retirement on today's show, that same email will get you a free copy. Send us an email, info at getreadyforthefuture.com to get your copy today. That's all the time we have for this week's show. Join us again next Saturday and have a great weekend wherever you are in the natural state. The GenWealth Financial Team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 844-869-PLAN. The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of GenWealth Financial Advisors and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIP. 